0: I'll have you run out. Just stay there. Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're worshiping with us. Would you write something in the comments so that you know, we know who is with us? We're having a lot of fun this morning, aren't we? I got to tell you, the praise band is extra rowdy today. Wait a minute. We have these awesome signs for healthcare workers. You can come by the church and pick one up or even write something in the comments. We might bring one to your house if you want one just lets everybody know that our church loves health care workers and that you love and appreciate everything they're doing. This is super exciting. February the 13th, the day before Valentine's Day, we're going to have Show Love to Sumatanga Saturday. Uh, You can go and volunteer to work from 9 to 12 that day or 12 to 3 or you can do both shifts. I'm recommending work the early shift at Sumatanga and then you get to go hike and have fun the second shift. Just go and enjoy yourself. Um, We want you to register if you're going to volunteer to work at Sumatanga. Uh, There's things to clean up, um, hiking trails and cabins to clean up. But we would love for you to sign up on the website so we know how much lunch to get for everyone. And also, you get a free t-shirt. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. Um, We have online Bible studies right now that are amazing, and online Sunday school classes. And I hear that Pastor Sam has the best uh, online Sunday school in the nation. Wait, in the world. It's amazing. It's amazing. Online Bible study. Yes, on Wednesday. It's it's amazing. Um, And then uh, this is the the best announcement ever. Is everybody ready for it? You ready for it, Jay? Best announcement ever. Sunday, February 14th, it's Valentine's Day. We're back in person at the church. It's awesome. We can't wait to see you. And during that time, if you want to stay virtual, you can do that. But we're opening the doors back up and we would love to have you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful for, for today. Uh, we are thankful that we are able to worship together. Um, and I pray that right now, you will help all of us to calm our hearts and our minds and help us to focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning, everybody. I want to add my welcome to Pastor Andy's welcome, and I'm glad that you're worshiping with us online. Uh, give somebody a call, wake them up, get them out of bed. No, I'm just kidding. No, totally don't do that, because then they would be mad, and they wouldn't be in the mood to worship. So, um, But I'm glad that you are here with us. And I want to thank you. thank you for being faithful, uh, and thank you for hanging in there with us as we try to be safe during this, this pandemic. Um, And just a reminder, if you're just now joining us, Pastor Andy's announcements were amazing. You need to go back and watch them. But if you're just now joining us, uh, one of the big things is that on Valentine's Day, on February 14th, we're going to open back up for in-person worship for those who feel comfortable doing so. We totally understand if you want to stay home, uh, things are kind of scary but we do try to do a good job of being safe here uh, and and trying to keep everybody distanced and masked and sanitized and everything. So we're gonna gonna worship in person that day and online. We're always gonna keep doing online worship and we're gonna serve communion on that day. Uh, It's what a perfect day to uh, share communion together on February 14th. Don't forget your church. Don't forget to send in uh, your tithes and offerings. Don't forget to pray. Uh, we're going to pray for each other. Uh, part of our celebration, church family uh, has a, a new grandbaby. The the Poland's have a new grandbaby. So Ruby Christine Poland, if you're in the little intensive care, we love you and we're praying for for little Ruby. So keep. Keep little Ruby in your prayers and, and um, send some love to Jeff and Kathia. So will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, we give you thanks for, for being able to worship. We thank you for the technology that lets us worship online and for people all around the country to be able to worship with us. God, we just offer our hearts with you. We come just exactly as we are with the good and the bad and the ugly. We offer it all to you, and we know that you can make something beautiful, even of our mess. God, I thank you for those who are faithfully supporting their their church, who are working hard to do missions in our community. Um, Take what we have to offer, Lord, and bless it and multiply it and use it for your kingdom's glory. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank you so much, Praise Band, for that new song. That that old uh, scripture, John 3:16, put in a new song. Absolutely love it. Absolutely fits in exactly with what we're talking about today. The old and the new. Um, Mark chapter one is our scripture today. If you want to follow along, if you want to just listen, Mark chapter one verses 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Just then there was there in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I have to tell y'all, I think I probably have the best in laws ever. Uh, I know a lot of people make jokes about their mother in law or whatever, uh, but I mean, you really need to meet mine. Uh, Tammy's mom and dad are, are great. And Buzz and Lynn, if y'all are watching, okay. Um, try to get some brownie points there. Uh, no, seriously, though. I don't know what we would have done when our kids were little if it had not been for Grandma and Pa. Uh, because, you know, we had these three little kids, and it seemed like at least two of them were always in diapers. And we were both working. We were trying to keep up a house. We were trying, you know, the drill. And Grandma and Pa were awesome, and they helped us out a, real, a really lot. Um, but now, having said that, there were times when the kids would spend time at Grandma and Pa's, and then they would get back home, and we would have to, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this, reestablish authority. Okay, I'll just put it that way. Uh, I'll give you an example. One time, um, Tammy was, was gone somewhere, and it was on a Saturday, and the kids were little, and they had been with Grandma and Pa for a couple of days, and they were back home with me, and it was just me and them, and we were having a pretty good Saturday, right? Uh, everything was going pretty good that morning, and then after lunch, one of the girls, I don't remember which one, came to me and tugged on my sleeve and said, Daddy, where's our bowl of ice cream? And I said, what? And she said, our bowl of ice cream. At Grandma's, we get ice cream after lunch and cake after dinner. And I said, well, we don't have any ice cream. Here's a cookie, right? Uh, so, And then later on um, that afternoon, um, another tug on my sleeve. Daddy, when are we going to the playground? And I said, what? Iro? the playground... At Grandma's, uh, we get to go to the playground every day. Uh, and I said, well, you know, Daddy's got to do some yard work today. I know what. You guys can come outside and help Daddy with the yard work. Won't that be fun? And so uh, and that, it, wasn't, it wasn't fun, I guess. Later on that afternoon, another thing came up. I can't remember what it was. And it started out with this. Well, at Grandma's, we get to, and I just said, okay, stop right there. I said, look at me look at me. Do I look like grandma? No, I don't think so. I'm daddy, you're at home, and when you're at home, mommy and daddy's rules apply. Uh, So, I don't know how to put this, but there's a new sheriff in town, kids. You know, right. Authority. Now, I tell you that because I think Some of that is exactly what's going on in Mark chapter 1 with Jesus. Uh, Jesus is establishing authority. Essentially, Jesus is saying, I don't care what has gone on before, but a new sheriff is in town right now. The kingdom of God is among you right now. There's only one ultimate authority. There's only one holy one of God. There's only one Lord. And it's Jesus. It's not Herod. It's not Satan. It's not the chief priest. It's not anybody else but Jesus. It just took a while for people to realize that. So, in the first part of the Gospel of Mark, who is it that realizes and recognizes that the ultimate authority is in town now? Was it Jesus' disciples? Actually, no, it wasn't Jesus' disciples, not right away. As a matter of fact, they're pretty clueless in the first part of the Gospel of Mark. If you look at Mark chapter 4, when Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, and I don't know, they're rowing, the disciples are rowing or sailing or whatever they did in the boat in that day, and Jesus is taking a nap. Don't you just love the fact that Jesus is taking a nap? I just, I don't know, I just love that. But Jesus is taking a nap in the boat. A storm comes up. Jesus is still taking a nap. The disciples are freaking out because water's coming over the side. They wake Jesus up and they say, Teacher, don't you care that we're all about to drown here? And then Jesus exercises his authority over the wind and the waves. And he tells the wind and the waves to be quiet. And in Mark 4, verse 41, it says that his disciples were amazed. And here's what they said. Who is this? Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this guy? It was a while before they even understood who Jesus was, the ultimate authority. So who recognized it? Was it the members of the congregation, um, the members of the synagogue in Capernaum that day in Mark chapter 1? Were they the ones that recognized that the ultimate authority was in town? Well, not so much. I mean, they were amazed. They were astonished. They were used to hearing people come in and teach from the scriptures, unroll the scroll, you know, teach from the law and the prophets. Usually the scribes did that. Usually the scribes taught from authority, okay? They taught based on their ability to read from the scroll, right? And to be able to quote various rabbis on various different topics. They taught from authority, but Jesus brought something new because Jesus read from the same scrolls, but he didn't teach from authority. He taught with authority, With authority, because Jesus was the living Word. Jesus actually embodied God's breathed Word come to life. Because what Jesus said actually came to pass, much like creation. What Jesus did, what Jesus lived, was actually the Word made flesh. Who is this? The elders at the synagogue wanted to know in Capernaum that day. So who recognized the new sheriff in town for who he was? Was it the chief priests and the, and the Pharisees? I mean, surely the most religious people around would recognize that the kingdom of God was here. Actually, sort of opposite of that, really. Really? In Mark chapter 11, when Jesus goes in and clears the temple, what a, great, what a great time that was, you know. Jesus goes in and he clears the temple. And Jesus, listen to this, takes authority over his father's house. He establishes his authority over his father's house. Later on, the Pharisees and the, and the, and the chief priests go and they ask Jesus, by what authority... Are you doing this? And who gave you that authority? In other words, who do you think you are to come in here and to flip things around like this? So it wasn't the chief priests, it wasn't the Pharisees, it wasn't the the members of the congregation, the synagogue there, it wasn't even Jesus' own disciples who recognized him. It was the unclean spirit. It was the unclean spirit was the only one who recognized who Jesus really was. Do you remember what he said in verse 24? He said, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Okay, so in the first two questions that the man asks Jesus that day, the man under the influence of the unclean spirit. The first two questions that he asked, did you notice the pronoun that he uses there? What have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? Okay, I'm a kind of a curious person by nature. I want to know who us is. Who is the us in verse 24? Some people would say, well, maybe it's a multitude of unclean spirits. Like, like in Mark chapter 5 when Jesus, when Jesus casts the evil spirit from the man who's living among the tombs, really, and they go in the, in the herd of swine and all that. And Jesus asked. What is your name? And the evil spirit says, my name is Legion, for we are many. Maybe it's like a bunch of, the us is a a whole bunch of, of unclean spirits. In this case, though, in Mark chapter 1, it appears to be just one. In verse 23, it says, a man with an unclean spirit. In verse 26, it says, the unclean spirit convulsed him and came out. So What have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? Who's the us? I think it's got to be at at least three that it's talking about here. It's, It's at least the man who's speaking, and it's at least the unclean spirit, and at least the members of the synagogue there, at least those three things. What have you to do, Jesus of Nazareth, with us? Have you come to destroy us? Fair question. Okay? Fair question. What was Jesus up to? What was this new ultimate authority that has come to town? What was this person who was speaking not from authority but with authority, taking authority even over unclean spirits? What is this guy up to? Is he coming to destroy this guy? in the synagogue? Is he coming to destroy the unclean spirit? Is he coming to destroy the synagogue there at Capernaum? Is the new sheriff coming into town and sweeping out everything old? Well, I don't think that's it at all. I don't think that is it at all. I don't think Jesus wanted to sweep out everything that's old. As a matter of fact, what Jesus is participating in that day is pretty ancient. I mean, gathering, gathering together in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, participating in the prayers, reading from the Scriptures, teaching from the Scriptures, keeping a day of worship, all of that goes, well, it goes all the way back to creation. And you can't get any older than that. Can't get any older than that. Jesus didn't come to do away with the old. In his Sermon on the Mount, he said, I haven't come to do away with the law and the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. And, and Jesus didn't come to do away with the man who questioned him. As the praise band saying earlier, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would have everlasting life. And John three seventeen says, God did not send his son in the world to condemn it. In other words, God didn't come send his son Jesus in the world to destroy everything. So what are you doing? Are you here to destroy us, Jesus? No, Jesus would say, I'm here to save you. I'm here to save you. Not specifically told here. But I just strongly believe that Jesus looked at this man who was speaking to him in the synagogue that day and he looked at all of the congregation around and I believe that he loved them. This Holy One of God on this holy day in this holy place looked at them and loved them. But that being said, there's only room for one ultimate authority, there's only one Lord, only one Holy One of God, and that's Jesus. And so, therefore, the man, he could stay, the congregation, they could stay, but the unclean spirit has got to go, got to go because there's only one new authority And there's only one ultimate authority, and that's Jesus. So, Jesus, who are you to tell us what to do? Who are you? Well, Jesus is God, co-eternal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus, what makes you think that you can come in here to this synagogue and you can make changes in all of our worshipers? What do you think you're doing here, Jesus? Well, The church, the congregation, is his body and he's the head. And the head gets to determine what the body does and when and how. So back to the question that we were kind of noodling earlier. Who is the us in verse 24? It's the man speaking. It's the synagogue. It's the unclean spirit. And it's us. We're the us. We're the us. Right here in the 21st century, Jesus has authority over all of the above. That's the way the gospel works. It's an old story and it's new story. You see, the problems, the problems with evil, the problems with the unclean spirit, that was a problem in the first century. And guess what? It's a problem in the 21st century. The problems that we have now in the 21st century, they're old and they're new and they're ever, ever changing. Sometimes I I like to wonder what Jesus would say in his Sermon on the Mount if he were preaching it today in, in 2021. And I just think maybe, you know, in the original Sermon on the Mount, he said, if you're If your right eye causes you to sin, then pluck it out. And if your right hand causes you to sin, then cut it off and throw it away. Maybe if Jesus were preaching that today, he would say, If the screen before your right eye, in your right hand, causes you to sin, then cut your phone off. Okay? Maybe that would be what he would say today. You see, the challenges are still there. They're just presented in a new way the deadly sins of pride and lust and envy and anger and sloth and greed and gluttony are as old as time and they're brand new and they plague us today we need to repent still we need to repent we still need to turn away from that and walk in the direction of Jesus Unclean spirits in the church? Are you kidding me? Yes, still today. In the first century in the synagogue in Capernaum and in the 21st century in the church right here today. When I think of the unclean spirits, I think of all the isms, right? I think of all the isms that don't belong in the church but are there and that need to be cast out. Racism, right? Classism, ageism, sexism, heterosexism, nationalism, all the other isms that are still hanging around in the 21st century. They've got to go because a holy God is holy and is also no respecter of persons. So in the name of Jesus, I say today, the only ism that belongs in the church is baptism. The rest are unclean spirits, and they've got to go. If we're going to be walking with Jesus, they've got to go. I love how Jesus leaned back on the old foundations, and he also kicked forward into a new future. And that's why I think a a great symbol for the church today is the image of a swing. You know, like a swing on the playground. And one of my favorite preachers and authors, uh, Leonard Sweet, was the first one that I ever heard speak about this. And and I thought it was kind of a cool idea. He said that what he wanted to see the church do was to, to lean back and not just back to the like the 1950s you know how we kind of somehow have this idealized version of what the church used to be like but lean all the way back lean keep leaning back until we're leaning on the everlasting arms like the old hymn says but at the same time at the same time with all of the energy that comes from leaning back to simultaneously really to use that energy and power from leaning back to kick forward into the future, to do both. For instance, to, to lean back on worshiping and praying and teaching and discipleship, but to kick forward using digital media to do that. To lean back on the ultimate authority of Jesus, but to kick forward wherever Jesus is leading us. And we don't necessarily always know where that's going to be. To lean back on the love of God that's always there because God loves us so much and to kick forward and love our neighbors, all of our neighbors, all of them. So after, after Jesus did what he did that day, in Capernaum, it says in verse 28 that the fame of Jesus spread throughout the region of the Galilee. The fame, in some translations say the report or the rumor, the rumor spread. The rumor spread. I wonder what they were saying about Jesus after that day. I wonder what they were saying. I wonder what the people around were saying about him. Whatever it was that they were talking about. Whatever it was caused multitudes of people to follow after Jesus, to seek after Jesus. And it caused a few people to be so offended at Jesus that they tried to do away with him. And I want to end on this thought today. I wonder what our community will say about our church. What will be the fame that goes out about our church? I hope the report that goes out is that we are a church that leans back into the old and at the same time, with the same energy, kicks forward into the future. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being the authority, for being the one, for saying when you walk this earth that the kingdom of God is here among you is now and so what we need to do Lord is to kind of get with the program it doesn't mean that we, that we throw out all of the old it doesn't mean that we don't do these same ancient practices that you did that, that you made a custom of doing we still have Our day of rest and worship. We still read from these ancient scriptures. We still teach. We still love our neighbor. We still go about doing good like you did. It's just that Lord. You want us to kick forward in new ways. Even while we're leaning back. Thank you for the old and the new Lord. Anything that is unclean in us, anything that is unclean in our church cast it out right now Lord so that we can follow you in freedom in Jesus name Amen
2: Right now I feel a little overwhelmed Right now I could really use somehow Right now Feel like it is well with my soul. I've tried to find a way around the mess. I've prayed in faith that the night would end right here. When I just can't understand, I lift my Hallelujah. When the storm
1: may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.